You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Edge, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning. Um, uh, my name is George Ramsbottom. We're here on our Let's Talk Dairy uh, webinar for our podcast for today. Uh, you're all very welcome. Today I'm joined by two people, not one. One wasn't enough for me today. I had to get two, two involved. So I'm joined by uh, John Marr from the Grass 10 team uh, based in Moorpark and by Mike Deneen, who's our nutritionist researcher based in Moorpark as well. Now we're going to split this slightly. We're going to talk to John first for a very brief update on where the grass uh, situation is at the moment. And then we'll move on and talk to Mike about can nutritional guidelines and our thinking there uh, for early spring calve cows. So we're going to start here now first with John. And John, you're going to tell us, give us a kind of a brief update on where the holds uh, grass supplies at the moment on farms. Yeah, well, I suppose to start with George, look, the, the weather last week, the last week of January has been um, very, very good. We're well below average rainfall. The week, the first week of February is projected to be well below average rainfall from most of the country with the exception of the Northwest. So, you know, from a grass perspective, it's an ideal opportunity to get slurry out, get fertilizer out to boost grass supply and to get cows out to start grazing. From a grass supply situation, the pasture-based figures tell us that, you know, we're a little below uh, where we'd like to be. The regrowth rates over the winter have been, you know, below average three or four kilos. So we're starting the spring a little bit below where we normally would be. We're about 100 kilos per hectare back on last year. Um, you know, the average figures from pasture base for the last two weeks have been about 800 kilos. So that, you know, people like me would prefer 900 kilos, a thousand to opening cover on the 1st of February. So you have a great chance now. Um, soil temperatures have uh, gone well over six in the last few days and are well over seven for the last two or three days. So uh, on dry land, so it's a great opportunity to get slurry out. Uh, we can't put slurry everywhere, but we can then also capitalize on boosting grass supply by getting fertilizer nitrogen out our target would be you know 20 23 units uh, per acre 25 kilos per hectare half bag of urea there thereabouts per acre and i think they're the, the tasks for this week so you have a great chance to get cows out slurry out fertilizer out okay that's nice and crisp john um i think there's enough in that for our group here today for our audience here today um look at john this is a little um a little snip that you're going to give us uh, each week yourself or some of the grass 10 team will in the coming weeks. So we look forward to your contribution uh, from next week on again. Thanks very much, John. All right. Thank you, George. Now what we're going to do is we're going to break now and move into talk to Mike Deneen. And uh, Mike, you're going to tell us a little bit about where we're fixed in terms of uh, our guidance for nutrition of the early or supplementation of the freshly calved cow in early spring. So maybe we take it on from the scenario, uh, Mike, where we might be a little bit tight on grass, um, but cows need, still need to be fed. So what, what's our thinking at the moment when it comes to that sort of situation? Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on, George. Um, I suppose there's there's two main things we need to kind of consider. The first one is uh, our average farm cover, like John was referring to, and our, our grazing targets, trying to achieve those to set up the farm for, for the year. Uh, and the grazing season ahead. And then the other thing to be mindful of, I suppose, is the, the pure nutrition of the cow, you know, yeah. kind of response to supplementation, uh, economics, but also the wider picture of environmental. So 
I suppose in a scenario where we can get lots of grass into the cow, like the weather is currently providing, um, this early stage cow, probably four to five kilos would be plenty for her. Um, Mike Egan has has very good data there recently on, on dry matter intake um, in the first few weeks of lactation. He'll be talking about it uh, next week or the week after. But around four to five kilos would be over 25% of her diet. And, and that seems to be plenty uh, early on lactation and even opportunity to drop that um, if again you can access lots of grass, so if if the fortunate scenario there of, of plenty of grass, I'd be aiming for that. Uh, ideally, keep it around three to four if if possible, and that should be plenty to keep the cow uh, uh, in a good trajectory to hit her peak. And along with uh, good quality silage or plenty of grass, what can the leak yield with that support? Early lactation, like yeah, so. Uh, that that level of supplementation, three to four kilos, should be setting her up to to be heading for the two and and heading towards the two point two two point three kilos of milk solids. Um, we've lots of data over the years here in Moorpark and, and and across in Kilworth, and that three to four kilos should give you a nice economic response there early on. If we go past that, if we head up for five, six, seven, we're starting to get that diminishing response. So while we'll make more milk it won't return back to us in, in terms of profitability. And the other big thing we'll start to do is we'll start to substitute that high quality pasture. So instead of making a nice margin on that inexpensive uh, high quality feed of pasture, we'll be bringing in more expensive supplement and not getting as much of a response back from it and ultimately uh, harming our, our, our overall performance. So just to be mindful of that too, I suppose. I might know you issue in terms of stepping them up to three to four kilos with uh, acidosis or anything like that is there you wouldn't be worried about that at that level yeah so i suppose in experiment scenarios here we like to gradually increase them right um three to four again as i mentioned it's about 25 percent of the diet so um it's not a huge um lump of concentrate going in uh, it'll be split yeah. morning and evening so maybe gradually that fresh cow getting her two to three to four uh, over two or three days even is just nice. It helps her kind of adapt to it. And similarly, coming off the other side, when, when grass is really plentiful, we're heading into April and May, step them down off it as well over a couple of days if possible. So you're, you're taking out a very concentrated kilo of dry matter and getting the cow to replace it with a larger volume of fresh material. So just to be mindful again, to work them off it, but not to be nervous of working them off it when there's the high quality pasture there available. Okay. Mike, what about um, uh, getting them on a bit of meal before they calve? Is there any advantage in doing that? So that's an interesting one, all right? I suppose there's um, the main aspect I'd see or kind of objective I'd see for putting meal early on um, before lactation, say 21 days, three weeks before, it seems to be around more of a, a colostrum um concern or, or getting the cow to produce nice volumes of colostrum in the us uh, i've done a phd over there they'd be talking about steam up diets and, and this yeah. aspect but in in our scenario there's been work done in, in moore park and there wasn't any major uh, additional benefit to be achieved compared to good quality grass silage so uh, the thought process, I suppose, is that the cow needs a certain amount of metabolizable protein. She's uh, That fetus is growing fast. She's getting her mammary gland set up. Uh, she's about to start producing high volumes of, of colostrum and milk. So she's a higher demand for metabolizable protein. So the thought process would be to give her 
something like oats or soya to get that MP supply going. But when you compare it to good quality grass silage that can be fermented in the cow's rumen and grow microbial protein, there's not a, a massive benefit to be achieved there. So uh, maybe if struggling with classroom quality, it might be worth a shot. But as a general, I'd say if you can keep good quality silage to those cows three weeks uh, out from calving, you should be in good shape. Okay. So what about the composition then of the diet that of the concentrated feed that you're talking about then, Mike? Does it have to be high protein, high energy? What, what do you put into it? Yeah, so the protein one is very interesting. Um, I suppose that's another thing to be mindful of when we're feeding supplement. You know, we're talking about reducing chemical nitrogen and, and reducing nitrogen imports. Uh, we need to be mindful too of purchase feed. There's nitrogen in that as well. So um, there's lots of studies at the moment where they've looked at uh, protein level in the ration um, at a grass-based diet. And it seems we can go quite low. We can go down to 10 to 12% when grass is the, the main component of the diet. Yep. Uh, we're going to do some more work on that in Kilworth this year. Um, but then in this period of time, I suppose there's grass silage in the diet. And then that grass silage can be variable. Um, on average, it's around 13 to 14% protein. Good quality silage could be up 15 to 16. So just, I suppose, in the month of February, I like to keep a 16% uh, protein ration to the cows. Just it gives you that bit of a safety factor if they're not out at grass full time and they're back in on silage. We're not shorting the rumen on protein or nitrogen. Uh, I wouldn't be going for an 18 or a 20. I don't think it's needed. Our, our spring grass is, is high in protein as well. Um, unless you're on a, a full silage diet, then you might be heading up the, the protein percent. But I'd be happy to keep it around 16. Um, and then in terms of composition, uh, Joe Patton has, has great work done on that. And he'd typically advise a, a third of like a, a starch source, maybe a maize or a cereal, uh, a third of digestible fiber, so soy hulls or, or, or beet pulps. And then a third of a, of a protein source kind of mixed between distillers and soya to get your, your, your protein inclusion level. So, yeah, in terms of that, since uh, we've we'd have had done some work lately on, on, on concentrate composition and we hope to do more on it to see how much of an effect does it have on performance. Okay. Now, what about the scenario there, Mike, uh, where we have a very high yielding cows? We're, we're ramping up for 40, 45 kilos. Say within a herd that's going to average about 30. Should they be treated uh, separately? Should they get the extra bit of ration or what's the story there? So, yeah, uh, quite a complex one, I suppose. Uh, so if averaging 30 and, and we're thinking about the 40, 45, 50 litre cows, I suppose yeah. the first thing to, is to step back and see how many of them are actually in the herd. Um, when you look at the, the, the profile of yields in the herd, for roughly um, a herd averaging 30, maybe five or 10% of the cows will be up there in that very yep. high milk yield um, yep. uh, places. Uh, actually, over in the Kilworth farm, we'd have a few of those as well. And what we find is um, when you look at their dry matter intake, their, their pasture dry matter intake, they have the capacity to eat huge volumes of, of, of pasture. So they're hitting intakes of 24, 25 kilos of dry matter intake. So those type of cows that can really hit the volume can also look after themselves. Once we give them high quality pasture is the thing. We, we can't be giving them STEMI indigestible material. It will fill up their room and they won't be able to utilize it. So we need to keep high quality grass to them. So I'd be advising uh, working really hard on, on your pasture management, hitting your optimal covers, allowing enough grass and uh, not over allowing that you're pushing up your post-grazing height, but making sure you're not holding back the cows either by pushing them too low into a very low residual. And then in terms of the feed to yield, 
uh, Joe and Aidan Lawless with a little work down in, in Johnstown looking at that question yeah. feed yield versus a blanket and while there is some advantage to be gained there especially around peak um, it doesn't really persist out into lactation and again there's not a huge margin to be gained there especially when you factor in the, 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 the hardware and the software to achieve uh, feed to yield so I suppose in my mind I'd keep it simple and I'd be relatively simple and I'd be focusing on really, really good grassland management, setting up that basal diet and then taking care of her with the three or four kilos of ration when grass is, is plentiful. Okay. So it sounds like we're not going mad on ration. We're not going wild on protein content unless they're indoors full time. And now yep. we're not we're not really focusing on feed yield as much at all as you reckon the cows can compensate if they're high yielding, which is very interesting. Yeah. Like yeah last- I think take care of themselves. So that's a fair point, George. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Last thing I have for you, Mike, and if any of our attendees want to ask a Q&A now, now's the time. But the last question I have for you, Mike, is what are your thoughts around uh, turnout? Uh, is it immediately after calving or is there, there's kind of a school of thought that will maybe hold them in for three or four days after they've calved, let them settle down, fill the room and all the rest of it. What are your thoughts yeah. there? Yeah. Um. So, I suppose it's a difficult one. Again, I suppose there isn't a huge amount of data strictly comparing it in a controlled manner, but um, the approach we like to use in Kilworth, we typically try to get the cow to grass by day as soon as possible. Um, So get her out for those couple hours, get some fresh grass into her, maybe stretch the legs a bit. And then we like to hold her back at night on the grass silage um, for the first four to five days. So we'd essentially have a a classroom group that go out by day and stay in by night. And that bit of grass silage, maybe a slightly higher dry matter content, they might be able to fill themselves uh, that bit better um, while they're a, a relatively fresh cow just after going through calving. So that's the approach we like to take with them um, out by day, uh, get them grazing, help hit our, our, our targets and then um, yeah. keep them in by night. And then uh, important to say if there's any health concern, if she's a likely case for milk fever or anything like that, yeah. of course, you'd be holding her in and keeping her closer eye on her. Okay, perfect, guys and ladies. If you have any questions, now is your time to ask them. I'm running out of I'm running out of questions here from Mike myself, so this is your opportunity. Um, just the last thing I wanted to ask you. One of the things that comes up occasionally, Mike, is uh, is grass tetany a risk in early lactation, or is it more risk kind of March April time? So, um. We'd probably see more of it in kind of that March, April time period, uh, just the stage of the grass. But then it's still important to get the right levels of magnesium into the cow. Like we we think about tetany, but there's also things like fiber digestion in the rumen, animal performance. So it's important when specking those concentrates that you're uh, adjusting CalMag or or MagOx inclusion levels based on how much you're planning to feed. So we want to be getting that 30 grams of magnesium into the cow. And interesting, actually, we just did some some mineral analysis um, on our on-farm experiment. And we're, we're looking at mineral concentrations across the year. And we're finding grass is, is, is deficient in, in magnesium. Um, but then a part of that that we're not catching is the bioavailability of that magnesium. And it's, yeah. it gets more locked up in that period you mentioned when you, you could encounter tetany. So that's where it's even more important to have your available source uh, yeah. to the cows in, in, in terms of CalMag or MagOx. Okay, fair enough. Question in there, um, Mike, is the three to four kilos of meal, is that a maximum feed level or an optimum feed level? So that would be optimum. So the thought process there, optimum in the early period of, of lactation. Um, yeah. Just emphasize that. 
the thought process there is um there's interesting um financial modeling done by um Lawrence Shalou and Elodie and they looked at a number of different scenarios and, and different price indexes, uh, milk price to feed ratios. And they yep. found around annual level of 600 kilos of concentrate is the financial optimum. So if you if you kind of butter that out across the year, what does it look like? Yeah. It looks yep. like three or four kilos in that February, March, dropping them down to two kilos in April, and then one kind of May, June, July before bringing some back in to help build cover. So that's the kind of financial optimum in that sense. And it seems like a sweet spot for the cow too. It kind of really maximizes the return on those three to four kilos and doesn't go beyond that where we start to get diminishing responses. So the other point as well, I suppose the important point is that it's maximizing the return from that inexpensive pasture as well. We're not replacing uh, pasture with, with concentrate and, and gaining a, a smaller margin and kind of going into that marginal milk territory. No, I know. I suppose, but the only thing, Mike, and you have to you have to put your hand up and say it, that's all modeled on excellence in terms of grass management. Yeah, so yeah, that would be, I suppose, the, the intricacies there is if you have poor um, digestibility in your swards or high pre-grazing yields, you'll have a lower UFL content in that basal diet, and then you'll get a better response to concentrate as you feed a higher UFL feed material. So should be mindful of that too, George, that if you're seeing a big response to your concentrate, maybe it's not necessarily a good thing it could be indica- yeah. indicative of your your grassland management so yeah. if you're it's always, it's always the ultimate irony that the best uh, responses to me come from, from the war on the worst badly worst managed pastures generally generally yeah, yeah. Maybe, fair, fair point and then like of course we're in a, a strange scenario at the moment that the milk price to feed price ratio yeah. and, and it could be um i suppose encouraging to go after that but I just be very mindful not to drift the system. Uh, that that ratio uh, tends to change a lot. Um, and then again, don't be focusing on that marginal milk. Like really maximize what you can get from your pasture-based system. And then that three to four kilos will help you financially to, to get a good return. Okay. Right, guys and ladies, with that in mind and on those words, I'll just summarize maybe what Mike has said in three or four sentences. It seems from an optimal perspective, uh, three to four kilos with conventional cows, normal, you know, good, highly productive cows doing 30 odd litres average at peak. Uh, three to four litres with good grass in February is what we're talking about. Um, what else did I pick up, Mike? Um, well, don't be afraid to keep the protein down in the ration yeah, on grass yeah. consistently. On, exactly. That's probably the second point. And I suppose the, the third point that comes back to me all the time is, you know, we're talking all the time about good good grass management and, and have a top-class grass there for the cows. And I suppose the last point I picked up on from you, Mike, is that feeding to yield um, doesn't seem to be adding a whole lot where management is very good on farm. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be very fair. There's a small bit to be achieved there on peak, um, but overall, I would be setting up the system to go after it. Thanks very much, Mike, and thanks you to our listeners for tuning in today. Next week, I'm uh, next Thursday morning, we're going to we're being joined by Mike uh, Egan from Moorpark. Mike's a bit of interesting work done on dry matter intakes in early lactation in cows. So I think we'll, we'll listen to that next week and take from it what we can. It's to complement what Mike Dineen has been covering here this morning. And we will be also joined by a member of the Grass 10 team again, just for a brief update on where grass is at the moment. Thanks very much, Mike, and thanks to our listeners and uh, safe farming.
That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs and thanks for listening.